I'm Joseph Chateau Paye, pastor of Advent Lutheran Church in Wyckoff, New Jersey. This is week three of our fall 2018 series on Being Disciples by Rowan Williams. Last week we talked about three broad Christian values, faith, hope, and love. And this week we're going to get a little bit narrower and talk about one Christian action in particular, which is forgiveness. And this lecture is taken from Williams' address to the Lutheran World Federation in 2010. So Williams frames this discussion of forgiveness in terms of the Lord's Prayer. More specifically, he does it by focusing on two lines in particular, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So let's start with the first one. What are we praying for when we ask for our daily bread? The Lutheran answer to that from the small catechism is that we're asking for the basic things that make life possible. In the small catechism, Luther's list includes food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, farm, fields, livestock, money, property, and upright spouse, upright children, upright members of the household, upright and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, decency, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. I always like that she has got a mention in that. Williams comes at it from a different angle. Instead of emphasizing material things like Luther does, he suggests that daily bread is about dignity. Williams writes that part of what we are praying for in these words is the grace to receive our humanity as a gift. We ask for openness and gratefulness to whoever and whatever awakens us to our dignity and helps us realize that while our dignity is essentially and primarily given in our creation, it is always in need of being called into active relation by the gift of others. That's all Williams, by the way. So praying to receive our daily bread isn't just about receiving our dignity from God, where it ultimately comes from. It's also about having it recognized and translated and made manifest to us by other people. And here's where the pivot comes in from daily bread to forgiveness. If daily bread is about recognizing our dignity and humanity as who God created us to be, then one of the ways we receive and give others their dignity is by forgiving one another. Because when we are hurt or offended, we draw back into ourselves. We often put up walls around ourselves and try to keep ourselves from being hurt again. And the result is that we don't see the other person as a way in which God gives us our dignity or humanity. In fact, it's usually the opposite. So to forgive someone who has hurt you is to allow your God-given dignity to be reflected back to you in the person you least want to see as a sign of God's generosity to you. A kind of turning to our neighbors again and again, William suggests, isn't a futile gesture or a way of settling old scores again and again, but it's a way of asking for nourishment from the people who seemed least likely to give it to us. One of the ironies of the Daily Bread petition is that the translation is up for debate depending on which manuscript you use. St. Jerome, who translated the Bible from Greek into Latin in the 4th century, translated it closer to, give us today the bread for tomorrow. And if that is a more accurate translation of what Jesus said in Aramaic, then the meaning becomes far deeper. It means asking God for the gifts from the future kingdom of God to be given to us now. So the need is not just for hunger, but for God's new creation itself to break into our lives. 
So this prayer for forgiveness is not just about the present, but about praying for God's future to be present among us. And this is closely related to the other petition in the prayer that reads, Thy kingdom come. We pray for the day when we will all be able to truly receive our God-given dignity from one another. Now, the central way we receive this daily bread from God is in the Eucharist, which is a way of being reconciled to God and in turn to one another through the one who calls himself the bread of life. The Eucharist is the way in which we tangibly receive tomorrow's bread from God and become tomorrow's bread for one another. So the challenge for the church is to be a body that's capable of nourishing one another in the world we live in. The worst reaction, William suggests, would simply be anxiety. But the best would be to recognize that our vulnerability to failure is itself a reminder of our basic hunger and our need for each other. So the prayer for our daily bread is in some ways, ironically, a prayer to become more deeply aware of our own failings, so that we might come to know more clearly our own dignity through other people. Williams closes this lecture with the following. I'm going to read this paragraph because it's good. Give us this day our daily bread is thus a prayer for the fullness of the church to be made manifest, in a pattern of recognizing our own need and the neighbors, and being able to turn with confidence to each other so that the need may be met and the desire for the freedom to forgive and be forgiven, and the fuller understanding of the Eucharist as the center of our Christian identity, not purely as a ritual act, but as a foundation for a community, a sharing of bread embedded in a practice of shared life, flowing out into the service of the world's hunger. It is a prayer simply for Christ to be our food and sustenance, so that all self-sufficient pride, all individual anxiety and defensiveness, All greedy effort to live at the expense of the neighbor are overcome. And the church declares with clarity and conviction that there is indeed bread for the world's hunger to be found in the body of the Lord. May that clarity and conviction and the repentant self-awareness that goes with it be always ours. That's it for this week. Next week we'll be moving along to the meaning of holiness. 